Hi everyone, my name is Sharissa Tavrosian and it's my privilege to bring the lesson summary, I guess, to you, this podcast. We're in the book of Isaiah and this week we're in lesson number two, looking at a crisis of leadership, particularly looking at Isaiah chapter six, which is a favorite chapter. I just want to pray before I share any more. Father in heaven, as we study together, we pray that your spirit would help us understand more deeply the things that you have for us in your word. Help us to gain a blessing from this week's lesson, not only in this podcast, but as we study it together on Sabbath. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 reads, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now in 2 Kings chapter 15, the Bible gives us a bit of a history about who this king is, King Uzziah. And it's so interesting to me that the lesson it highlights there are some contrasts that come out in chapter 6. The first contrast we see is between kings. King Uzziah dies. He's an earthly king. He has failed. He's made mistakes. He's chosen wicked ways. He dies. And then Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on his throne. He is the king of all kings. He is pure and holy and righteous and good and loving and true. Isaiah sees this first contrast. The second contrast that we see as we look at this passage is not only between kings, but between men. We see that Isaiah is contrasted with Uzziah. And looking at the life of Uzziah, we see that King Uzziah, he grasped at holiness, whereas Isaiah was reached by God's holiness. And there is a very big difference, which will become apparent. You see, um, as we keep reading in the lesson, we discover that the king's death, it created a leadership crisis for God's people. And so people at the time when this amazing vision is seen by Isaiah, they are wondering who is in control, what's going to happen. And at this time, when there is this crisis of leadership, God shows Isaiah this amazing vision to show him that he is still in control. And Isaiah is this man who was reached by God's holiness. But as I said, Uzziah, King Uzziah, his pitfall was pride. And that same pitfall is one that threatens not just the king of ancient times, but is a pitfall that threatens every single one of us. How can we deal with the pitfall of pride? I think of the words of that beautiful hymn, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, these this hymn, rather, it contains the solution. You see, when we see Jesus high and lifted up, dying for love of us, it causes us to pour contempt on all of our pride. And that is the difference. Isaiah sees God. He sees his majesty and he pours contempt on his pride. King Uzziah, unfortunately, did not do that. So the king dies. And as with the death of any leader, but particularly a king, turmoil eventuates. There's confusion, even more confusion than what we're seeing right now in the world over who is the president of the United States, even though it's probably going to be clearer now than it was a couple of weeks ago. And in the midst of this turmoil and confusion, God gives Isaiah this stunning vision, as I said before, to show us that he is in control. 
And if you were to put the GPS on for this vision, it's important to recognize that this is a vision where God is seen. The Bible says Isaiah sees him on a throne, high and lifted up, and he's in the temple. That's very important because, you know, the temple was this this structure that God, it was God's idea. And why was it God's idea? Well, Exodus 25 verse 8 tells us that the reason why God originally wanted his people to make the sanctuary was so that he might dwell among them, so that he might be able to come close to his people. And uh, as we keep studying in this lesson, as we keep reading the passage of Isaiah chapter 6, we see now another contrast. There's a contrast of kings. There's a contrast between men. Now we see the contrast between a holy God versus an unholy people. And the question then comes, well, you might think to yourself, Sharissa, this is nice. You know, it's pretty amazing. Yes, Isaiah sees God in the temple and he sees angels and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the whole earth is filled with his glory to the point where the doorposts were shaken, the Bible says. But not all of us are privileged with a vision like Isaiah had. And yet, even though you and I may not have this kind of a vision, this kind of revelation of, of God, guess what? Each and every one of us has evidences of God's majesty, his power, his love and care as well. Every single day, you can see the evidences of God's love toward you. In fact, did you know, even just looking at every flower or every blade of grass, it tells you that your God loves you. And so in times of crisis, when the outlook seems dark, and I don't know what times of crisis you might be facing in your life, but God has given to us some wonderful things that we can use to strengthen our faith. And I'd encourage you to share what what you find to be a blessing to you in strengthening you in a time of crisis in your Sabbath school class on Sabbath. But some that come to me, obviously prayer is one that we should all have on the top of the list when we pray. You know, I love what someone said, in prayer, our burdens change shoulders. In prayer, we can bring our burdens to the Lord and leave it with him and trust that he will take care of us and he will carry us in difficult times. Also, God's promises, they are for us in times of crisis. His promises never expire and they don't break. God keeps his promises. As we reflect on God's past leading, there is a blessing in that too. And I also have here in my notes, uh, when we are being still. Sometimes when you're facing a difficult time and you just go out into God's nature and you go out and you see a mountain or you see a, a giant tree, a massive tree. Just recently, my husband and I went for a hike and it was something about being out in nature and realizing that the maker of the mountains loves me. The maker of the mountains loves you. When we're outside and we are seeing these evidences of God's creation and his power, it can encourage us in difficult times. And so I pray that as you share on Sabbath, that this will also be a blessing to you. As I keep reading, Isaiah 6 verses 5 through 7 says that Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin 
is purged. I like uh, this this passage. It's from uh, Prophets and Kings, rather, page 308. It's from Ellen White's writings. She says, standing as it were in the full light of the divine presence within the inner sanctuary, he, that is Isaiah, realized that if left to his own imperfection and inefficiency, he would be utterly unable to accomplish the mission to which he had been called. And isn't that so true? The closer we come to God, the more unworthy we feel in his holy presence. The Bible says that an angel, a seraph, he he took a coal, a live coal with tongs from the altar, and he touched Isaiah's lips with it. Does that mean that he was speaking sinful words all the time? No, not necessarily. The sin is not specified, but from the lips come the condition of the heart and the life. And so Isaiah, as he is purged of his sin, the Bible is now making clear to us that he is able to offer to, he's able to offer pure praise to God. And there are two things that I'd like to just think about with you concerning that coal. Number one, with that coal, he is purified. It was a live coal. Fire is what would make it live, and fire is a purifying thing. Fire purifies. Isaiah was purified by that coal. And point number two, he is also uh, not just purified, but he is sanctified. He is made holy um, from the fire that comes from God. And it's interesting because in worship at the sanctuary, and I'm just quoting a little paragraph from the lesson now, in worship at the sanctuary or temple, the main reason for taking a coal from the altar was to light incense. In Leviticus, the high priest would take uh, a censer full of coals from the altar and use it to light incense. But in Isaiah chapter 6, the seraph applies the coal to Isaiah rather than to incense. Whereas Uzziah, that's King Uzziah, wanted to offer incense, Isaiah became like incense. That's another contrast. There's so many contrasts here. And just as holy fire lights incense to fill God's house with holy fragrance, it lights up the prophet to spread a holy message. And for me, as I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, you know, in the same way his lips were touched with a live coal from off that altar. So too, you and I, we need to be daily touched by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to purify us from sin and also to help us live holy lives for God. We cannot do that apart from him. As we keep looking through this chapter, we see there is a royal commission that takes place where um, the Bible says in verse 8 that Isaiah says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. It's interesting that Isaiah, he volunteers for his prophetic mission. And I hadn't thought about this before until this lesson, but he would have been called before this, but it is this encounter with God that really jumpstarts him into his ministry. And uh, it all comes from an encounter with God where he sees him in the sanctuary. And of course, you, you would be familiar, and if you're not You will be now. Psalm 73 verse 17 tells us that your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. It is as you and I come to the sanctuary. We see God's plan of salvation 
in in this beautiful plan it's all in signs and symbols there but it is there we can look to the sanctuary see god's plan and by faith we can find help in our time of need and crisis too it's interesting as we finish up it's a very brief summary there's a lot more to this but as we come to the end of the week's quarterly verse 9 of chapter 6 says and he said go and tell this people keep on hearing but do not understand keep on seeing but do not perceive that might seem like a pretty strange message that God gives to Isaiah. It certainly is not a popular message. It's not an easy message to communicate to other people. And yet, as, as difficult as this message may have been to give, it is God's grace that, he, that, that causes him to call Isaiah to give this message. God's love is seen in this message because sometimes... When you love somebody, you have to say difficult things to wake them up to the danger that they are in, because if they don't become aware of that danger, well, they will obviously not have a good end. And that's why God does this. The lesson highlights that uh, talks a bit about Pharaoh's heart, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And some people say, well, you know, God is the one who made Pharaoh's heart hard because that's kind of the wording of it in the English in the Bible. But I like to think of this uh, with this statement, the same sun that melts butter hardens clay. God didn't harden Pharaoh's heart in the sense that he removed his freedom of choice. But by God's action, Pharaoh made a choice and responded the way he did. And so to all of us, we have... Uh, a responsibility to, well, let me back up a little bit. All of us have the opportunity to respond to God as we choose. And it is my prayer that each one of us would receive the appeals that come to us from God's word, from the Holy Spirit. Um, no matter how hard they may be, may we be willing to listen to God's voice and respond to him out of love and out of trust, knowing that he is God. He is the king. He is the king of all kings, and he knows what is best and what is right and what is good for us. Ultimately, Isaiah was prepared for and propelled into ministry after this incredible encounter with God. And I believe that as each one of us has an encounter with Jesus, not just once, but Every single day, you and I can be prepared for ministry, propelled into ministry in the world around us by coming before God, by coming into his presence as we seek him morning by morning on our knees and in his word. Uh, I like to close off by leaving you with this final thought. I read a book by Doug Batchelor called The Seven Steps to Salvation. And he reads through chapter 6 and he brings out some, a beautiful sermon. I've never forgotten it. Read it years ago and thought it was so good. I wrote the notes in my Bible. But he calls it the seven steps to salvation. And here are the steps. Point number one, see God. Step number two, see yourself. Step number three, repent. Step number four, confess. Step number five, receive God. Step number six, hear God. Step number seven, 
go for God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all of those steps, you can see them in the passage. I'll let you enjoy that Bible study um, in your own time. But yes, may God bless you as you continue to study this lesson, as you share your thoughts with your classes on Sabbath. And again, may our experience be like Isaiah's, where as we come into his presence, we too will be compelled and propelled into ministry by our uh, what, by what we find in his word and our experience in his presence. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this amazing story and vision that's recorded in Isaiah chapter 6. I pray for every person that will be reading this and lesson together with their class and as they continue to study lord may you take us deeper into your word may we too be compelled to go for you may we be propelled into the ministry that you have called us to wherever we may be so that others can come to know you too we love you and we praise you and we thank you for hearing uh, this prayer and for the fact that in times of crisis you are still in control you are the King of all kings, and we thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.